Hello everyone, welcome to Random Encounter 263 or 263. My name is John O'Logan and uh, today is going to be a, a little bit of a different take for random. You know, usually we focus on RPGs and today is going to be an RPG light episode of Random Encounter, but it's also going to be Final Fantasy heavy. And how is that possible? Well, the tide is over uh, this year. Uh, we're getting two big Final Fantasy games. We're getting Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. But to tide us over, Square Enix has decided to give us a steady stream of Final Fantasy content in other genres. So today we're going to be talking about two very exciting games uh, for Final Fantasy fans that are in two very different genres, which are rhythm games and cleaning games, scrubbing <laughs> games of some kind. Anyway, let, let's meet our panel today. So first up, we have Bob Richardson. Hi. And uh, next up, we have our fearless leader and the host of Rhythm Encounter, Mike Salvato. Hello. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you both for coming on because, yeah, there's some there's some weird ass games coming out with the Final Fantasy name on them lately, and uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about both of them. I know that Bob, you have been playing uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, and Mike, you've been playing it too. But Mike, you've also been playing uh, Power Wash Simulator, which is uh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. So we're going to start off with Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. So a little history lesson, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy was released way back in 2012 on the 3DS, and it was a rhythm game that used the touchscreen for an input. It only had 77 songs, which I mean, that's that was pretty darn good. 77 songs, that's, that's a pretty big game. There are a lot of rhythm games that don't even have close to that many songs. Uh, and it was a pretty big success. So uh, a sequel was released then in 2014 called uh, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call that boosted that to 221 songs. Since then, there have been a number of uh, spinoffs and things like that. There has been uh, Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest, but it was never released here. There was an arcade version, again, never released here. Uh, but we do have a new one released here. It is the quote-unquote final sequel that has been released for the Switch and PlayStation 4 called Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which contains over 380 songs from across the entire history of Final Fantasy. Uh, that's not just talking about the numbered games either. We're talking about a lot of the spinoffs, World of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Mythic Quest. Uh, so pretty much if you've ever played a game that has Final Fantasy on the tin, this game has music from it. Um, and in the very near future, or I think it actually was already released, there's going to be DLC packs coming out that are going to contain music from other Square Enix games, including uh, Nier, Live Alive, and uh, Saga. So uh, Bob... What was your first impression of the game once you booted it up and took a look at the screen? Have you did you play any of the uh, original versions? I played uh, both the DS, 3DS versions, and uh, I was when I heard it was coming out on a home console, I was like, "Yes, finally!" Because you get the speaker quality, you get mm. the home entertainment system quality that this music deserves, which I think alone makes it worth purchasing. Because while I do love the 3DS and it's got decent speakers, it is a handheld. So um, when I first booted up and I saw the awesome intro sequence, if uh, listeners, if you haven't seen it yet and you don't own the game, go to YouTube or something. It's such a, a fun, exuberant sort of opening that kind of sets the tone for the game, which is just it's cozy, it's jolly, and it's just enjoy the music that this franchise has put out. Yeah, the thing that this game and the other games in the series, it strikes me that they are a celebration of its subject matter. Yeah. Uh, more so than being a, a like a standalone experience, it is encompassing the entire history of this game series. Um, and that's really, really cool. Now, an interesting choice that they made uh, in that spirit is rather than go to uh, classic 16-bit pixel-style graphics or uh, 3D-style graphics on the uh, PlayStation or the modern, the modern look of Final Fantasy, they went with like a cartoony kind of presentation. Uh, does the subject matter translate well to that style, Bob? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, most of all, it's consistent with the art theater rhythm games. So if you've played those games, you're, you're probably expecting something similar at least. Um, and again, with regard to the tone, even though Final Fantasy has a history of at times being a little gritty and dark, um, you know, I depending think, on the game, yeah, depending on the game naturally. But, um, I think the almost like paper mache esque uh style they got going on here works very well um even even with the the gloomier tunes with the sound effects when you hit a note 
it makes like a little a little bell or a little ding. Um, mm-hmm. It suits the visual style, so it all complements each other very well. Yeah, the style kind of reminds me of finger puppets, like almost like a Paper mm-hmm. Mario style. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think. What I love especially is more the enemies and the bosses. Like they somehow cram Kefka's entire tower of <laughs> enemies into one screen and it looks good and it suits the style. It's like sort of chibi, sort of like uh, paper mache esque, like I was saying before. And it works very well. All of the giant bosses that we're used to seeing in Final Fantasy, these final bosses, they do such an exceptional job of getting all the necessary details into this style on your TV screen, which I think alone is mind-blowing. I agree. I never expected to look and be like, huh, Kepka's Tower of Flesh is actually kind of cute. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we, uh, Hillary and I were playing the other night, and we, we found maybe the one, one rare exception to it where we were fighting um, Seymour, mm-hmm. and he has that, like, like parasite thingy that's like worming around or whatever. We're like, uh-huh. oh, it's like even this style can't make that part cute. But other yeah. than that, <laughs> other than that, even the bosses are pretty cute. Well, aside from the presentation, the main point here is the music. Obviously, it's a rhythm game. Uh, so, uh, Bob, this is going to be a this is your time to, for a uh, a hot take. Do you really think that Final Fantasy music is worth listening to? <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 like I personally, I've always thought it was just kind of like throwaway, whatever, you know, beeps and boops. <laughs> that's all it is. Well, I mean, I'm sure some people feel that way, and that's mm-hmm. a totally legitimate position to have. I mean, uh, by sheer popularity, though, I think most people would say it's some of the best video game music that's ever been produced. And I was actually thinking about this when I was writing the review. It's like, what is it about Final Fantasy music? Because almost every single game has exceptional music, whether or not it was composed by Uematsu. So mm-hmm. like if we're looking at like the the 10 on, that music's still exceptional. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's composing it. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's the director, the production team or what, but the music is always stellar with a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Uematsu laid one hell of a foundation with the yeah. first nine, ten games. Like this was it was it was his series essentially in terms of music. So Many of his proteges have picked up the uh, picked up the torch since then, and not just in terms of Final Fantasy games following that, but also in games like, uh, well, like we like we were talking about last week on here, uh, Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default, and like these are they're not final. It's not Final Fantasy music, but you can hear the the DNA, the genetics of it there. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of these composers are viewing you know, composing music for the Final Fantasy series is is like a, a privilege. It's like, oh, I better do it right. So they probably put a little bit more into it and they probably mm-hmm. have an idea since composing music is what they do, what it is about Final Fantasy music that makes it distinct. So, uh, you know, on a more technical level, people who understand music probably understand that better than most other people. I think Final Fantasy music and video game music in general, obviously, there's a... I don't know if it's, it must be cultural. Like there is a certain reverence to it. It seems in Japan that Mm -hmm. while it's happening in the West and, you know, it's been building up in the last, I don't know, couple of decades, like it's existed like that in the, in Japan for many decades now with various concerts and things like that um, and levels of celebrity for certain composers. So the fact that this game celebrates Umatsu and also the other composers, it's just a really, really cool idea. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, since we started playing rhythm games on DDR and all that, the idea of being able to play and interact with our favorite music um, is something that works very well with the Final Fantasy series. Because this music's been celebrated, and, you know, like you said, uh, people fall in love with it for decades. So mm-hmm. um, I can speak personally in that I, while I've loved the music, I've heard some of these tracks literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. Being able to play it and interact with it on my TV, not just visually, but audibly, um, makes me enjoy it on a deeper level. There's this idea Mm -hmm. in uh, neuroscience of passive and active listening to music, and you get more out of music when you actively listen to it. So if you're lying in your bed and you're listening to it, you get a lot more out of the music. It impacts you differently versus passive listening, which is it's in the background or you're fighting a boss battle in Final Fantasy and the music's there and you're enjoying it, but you enjoy it differently when you're purely just trying to listen to music. And theater rhythm does that. 
you are playing the game, but in order to play the game well, you need to actively listen to the music. So I think um, to get even more out of Final Fantasy's music, I think this is a fantastic game. I think it actually goes beyond that. I think the beauty of rhythm games, and I know there's some musicians who may disagree with me here. I'm I'm a musician and I don't dis- <laughs> I don't disagree with me. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you play, I guess, theater rhythm or uh, I guess the one that most people would be familiar with is Rock Band or Guitar Hero, uh, you're not playing a game. Like the buttons that are being pushed in your head, the experience of it is remarkably similar to actually playing an instrument mm-hmm. uh, or to singing or to performing something in front of people like you are an active participant creating the music Mm -hmm. and that's the brilliance of a a really good rhythm game it's not just that you are uh, passively listening or actively listening it's that you are you are the one who is making the music happen Um, and I think that tickles the same parts of the brain that actually playing those instruments would maybe not to the same extent but enough for a really great experience yeah you're kind of like tapping on the table along with the music um and the developers have done such an excellent job with every single song for the most part feeling like the notes that you have to hit on any difficulty level basic expert or ultimate it always Mm -hmm. feels like you're hitting the right note like at the right time these are intuitively when i should be tapping the table and uh, yeah. w- the other thing that really strikes me is when you hit the note, it makes a sound. It gives you like a bell or a feedback. And you think, I mean, I'm trying to listen to music. Why do I need this bell? Why do I need the sound effect? And mm-hmm. it doesn't get in the way. I think that feedback is satisfying. It's like, oh, I did a good job playing along with the music. I am actually contributing going along with what you just said. Yeah. How do the controls work here? Because I, I know that on the 3DS you were using the touchscreen, mm-hmm. uh, which I imagine considering that if the game was just on Switch, they probably could have continued that to an extent, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's also on the PlayStation 4, so obviously controller input is necessary. Uh, so how does the control work to uh, imp- to to play the songs? Well, uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I touched on it a bit in my review. Controls are so vitally important in something like the rhythm. You think you're just you know, timing a press. Why does it matter so much? Because there's a little more meat to these theater rhythm games. And having played the first two games on the 3DS, the stylus is an intuitive fit. And you're tapping on the screen, and it's like different from pressing a button. Um, it gives mm-hmm. you a different sort of feedback. Um, but what I will say is on the handhelds, I took a lot of issue with the arrows. So I would they tell you to flick the stylus up or down or diagonal or whatever. I had a lot of trouble with that. Like there, there were times where I could just nail it every single time. And then there are times like, no, I totally flicked diagonal right and up and the game just didn't register it. It's different on the controller though, with at least on the PlayStation 4, which I played on. When you flick the stick or move the stick in the direction, even if it's vaguely in the same direction, they give you credit for it. So I think that goes a long way in making it a more satisfying experience rather than saying, uh, uh, mm. uh, you didn't press it in exactly the right position. It's like, no, the game's just giving me the credit because it believes that I was trying to push in that direction. Um, now, as far as like how you hold the controller, um, I, again, I spoke about this in my review. It, there's an evolution. So for me, initially, I was pressing the, the face buttons with my right hand, and I would, if I need to press two at the same time, I would use the, the, uh, the uh, bumper hmm. or, or, or the L1 uh, with my left hand. And that's how, if I need to hit two notes at a time, I hit the circle and I'd hit the L1. And then as the difficulty uh, increased and I started playing ultimate difficulty songs, I realized, okay, I should really have my finger on R1 and L1. Um, And then you kind of move gradually in that direction. It was a little difficult for me because I had already established that muscle memory, but I think, you know, overall with the higher difficulty songs, if that's something that's important, you want to try doing ultimate or supreme, having your hands situated in that way um, does feel more comfortable and it is easier to time the presses. Mm. It strikes me that a, a traditional controller uh, being held like a controller is not is not the necessarily the best input for this. I'm a little surprised that they never released like a Guitar Hero style Edwards harp mm-hmm. or something silly like that. That would be fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, with 3D printers, anything's possible. I'm sure that there's somebody out there who has designed it. Um, I'm, I'm positive there's someone out there who's probably designed like an ent- a, an ocarina, like a. a a playable ocarina that you can play the entirety of ocarina of time on i'm sure someone's selling it on etsy right now probably and if they're not <laughs> they should okay here's a question is this technically an rpg like yes. is there leveling up items upgrades because it is a final fantasy game and that's sort of you know key to final fantasy it's at the heart of it so how does the how does that work oh it, it works fantastically initially uh, it's a distraction 
for me, as soon as I booted this up, I'm like, cool, I get to play my favorite songs. I get to discover new songs. Um, Final Fantasy XI, by the way, I should have been listening to the soundtrack a long time ago. Fantastic songs. Never played the game, but wow, that music's so good. Um, to be fair, no one did. <laughs> come on now. Patrick Gann would disagree with you. <laughs> I'm not being mean. I'm not being mean to Final Fantasy XI. It was not the most popular MMORPG yes. of all time, unlike certain other games that have come out since. Yeah, there well, might be another MMO in the series. <laughs> you talk in past tense, Jono, but the 11 is still running. I, yeah, I, I feel know. Like I need so, to get on that. I worry I missed the boat. Though. Well, they've made, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played it myself, but my understanding is they made it, I don't know how much you can solo, but like it's not quite as demanding as it used to be. Is yeah. Look, I I I, I fully recognize that it probably was an excellent game for its time. I also fully recognize that this is not the MMORPG that I am constantly being pressured into playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, right? <laughs> like, exactly. I'm not pressuring anyone yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. We'll see. We'll see if you can work it in by the end of the episode. I will. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, okay, so, but the RPG aspect of theater rhythm. Um, yeah. It It is a distraction at first because I'm just excited to play the music. I'm excited to play the rhythm part of the game, time the presses, getting my S's, double S's, triple S's, perfect chains, critical chains. That's what I'm in for. And then I'm like, okay, I've played a lot of these songs. I've played most songs, maybe all the songs. What else is there? And then you realize, okay, there's all these quests that I've been passing and failing along the way in series quests, which is how you get access to most of the music. You're not required to pass the quest, but it's a little extra incentive. It's a little like uh, you get a little item that usually isn't that important. But it's like if you're into achievements and stuff, passing these quests is fun because it is the RPG aspect of the game. As you're playing the game, your characters that you're accruing over the course of the game by unlocking songs and soundtracks are getting stronger. They're getting abilities. They're getting stats. Um, and you can give every character three different abilities and they've got like 10 or more different abilities and with different functions beyond just damage or healing. Um, and then some of these quests, they're really easy. It's just like use this character or, you know, score 6 million points, which is really easy. It's like an A or a B. The rhythm equivalent of a fetch quest. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then some of these are really difficult. It's like, okay, beat Feral Chaos. By the way, he has double HP. And you're like, okay, let's see how hard this is. And it's like, I can't even get the Feral Chaos. You want me to beat Feral Chaos and he's got twice as much HP? How am I going to do this? And then that's when the fun RPG aspect kicks in. It's just like, okay, I got to level up my characters. I got to make sure they got the right abilities. It's like, which four characters do I want to use? I got access to the entire series. And not every character in the series, but like a lot of different characters. What? Who are the right tools for this job? How much do I need to grind? Do I need to, you know, uh, throw in a support, a summoner, uh, four mages. What do I do here? And that is so much fun. My wife and I have been playing this in pair play quite a bit. We're trying to puzzle this out. And it's like a puzzle. It's like, okay, I got time to summon. I want Alexander to come out, but he's got to come out at like four fifths of the way through the song. Otherwise he's going to hmm. waste the summon on the earlier enemy. And it is so interesting to try and figure out from an RPG perspective is like, what is the best team? What is the best party? And is Alexander the best summoner? Should I go something weaker that I can cast five times instead of just twice? Um, mm. I thoroughly enjoy the game from that aspect. But the cool thing about this game is you, you can ignore that completely and still have a blast. You can put well over 100 hours into this game without even touching any of the RPG components. Okay. Uh, incidentally, because you said the magic word, I really need to ask. I'm very curious. Uh, seeing as there's so much chaos in this game... Uh, <laughs> Stranger in Paradise, is there any representation here in any of the music there? Like, is there a Limp Bizkit sound-alike song? I did not play Stranger in Paradise, but uh, there are a few songs. Yep. They got a song Son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> they got a, a song from a short that was released in like 2004 of Final Fantasy VII. It was like a 25-minute okay. short. They got one song from that short. They've got so many obscure songs in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come back to me when Spirits Within is represented. Uh, that's not a real Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. They didn't even spell Sid's <laughs> name correctly. It's S-I-D. No thank you. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I mean, obviously there are 380-plus songs, and that's not even including the DLC. Uh -huh. uh, you don't have access to the entire song catalog from the top, do you? You have to, un you have to play to unlock them? Right. And, you know, some people are in for that and some people are not. Some people hate unlocking things. Smash Brothers people 
complain about having to unlock characters. Whereas me, I love the idea of unlocking things because it's like an achievement unlocked. It's like I earned something. You play, you earn things, you get things along the way. Yeah, I'm into it's it. It's the game. Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> that. It is the progression, right? Um, so you do not have access to most of the soundtrack. You get, you can choose like five or six games. You get one key. It's like pick the soundtrack you want. It's like, okay. And then you can use a key on basically any game in the series, but you're, you got to use a key to unlock one soundtrack. You get one key, one soundtrack. Now they're pretty good about not making you play through an entire series. So if you unlock Final Fantasy VI, for example, you play two or three songs, they give you another key. You don't have to play all, you know, 14 songs or however many are in that series. They're pretty good about giving you keys quickly. So you just get access to a bunch of songs. That being said, in order to get access to all the songs within a series, like Final Fantasy VI, you need to beat that title or at least attempt the songs throughout that title. I, I like the way it's set up, though, too, because it's not that... It's not that you play each game and it's just a random lineup of songs. Like the songs are presented in the order you, you know, it's sort of, it's musically retelling the story of every game. That's an excellent way to put it. Musically retelling the game, because that is exactly true. It starts, it always ends with the final boss theme, for example. And then earlier on, you know, you got your main theme. Most of the Final Fantasy main themes are represented here. Um, Mike, that is an excellent point. Um, I didn't even think about it, but intuitively, yeah, it's like you're beating the game by playing the final boss music right like that's why i didn't it didn't feel like oh i'm just doing this to unlock things like no like i'm playing through you know i'm playing through six i'm playing through the music of six Mm -hmm. so yeah i like the way they did that i mean they've always well no wait that's not they haven't always done it that way because all the different theater rooms have different like quest modes yes and i think this is the best one it's easily straightforward like the maps and stuff in curtain call i think were fun but it was bloated it, it, it was like too yeah. much going on. It, it distracted from what you were really there to do. Not to mention, and this was big for me, is the items. There's like six items in this game. Whereas <laughs> in the other ones, there's like way too many items. Yeah, I don't remember the items in the others, but like it's very straightforward here. And I like yeah, to so like, streamline the experience. Yeah. And like the, the maps, I did like the maps. They were fun in Curtain Call, but it was always like you would get to a map and you'd have like these different paths and you had to choose one. And it's like, okay, well, if I play this song on this map, well, I can't play the other route. But in in Final Bar Line, it's like, you can go back and do them. Sometimes you'll mm-hmm. get somewhere and it's like, hey, pick one of these two or three songs. And you can clear the series and unlock all three if you just do one of them. But you can also go back and like, well, no, I'm just going to do all three because I want to. Mm-hmm. So that's nice too. Yep. Well, I have a question for both of you, actually. Bob, you can go first. And then, Mike, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um what are your favorite songs to play through? Now, by this, I, d- I don't mean what are your favorite songs in Final Fantasy, like what are your favorite songs to listen right. to, but what are your favorite songs to play in this game? Man, that's tough because um, this goes back to something I was suggesting earlier, which was um, the the songs are each individually labored over by the developers. So like where every note you have to press is makes sense in relation to the music. Um, so some of these songs feel better than others. Like I love Steki Dane. And actually my daughter keeps making me play that song because she just likes seeing the movie. And you, you mm-hmm. see the movie of Final Fantasy X with all the different scenes. She, she's like, Daddy, I want you to play this. All right, all right, all right. I do enjoy that song, but like some parts of that song do not feel good to play. It's not like, okay, I know I have to press the circle here, but that intuitively that's not where it feels like I should be pressing. The songs that I think feel the best to play because the notes are in the right spot are the main themes pretty much across the board uh specifically the earlier games like final fantasy one two three four and five like those feel really good to play um final fantasy three soundtrack in particular um i think feels great to play the overworld theme the the ocean theme like those songs those notes at least to me individually i don't know if other people feel this way but they they feel right. When, every time I hit a note, I'm like, I could have not even looked at the screen and pressed the button and it would have been a critical. Mm. Yeah, Final Fantasy. Well, it, I mean, also the, the quality of the soundtrack, I imagine, does have a correlation to the enjoyment of playing the song. And in the case of Final Fantasy three, it's an exceptional soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, what about you? What are, what are your favorites to play? Blinded by Light from 13 and Not Alone from 9. And, and probably some others, but 
those two, even in the older games, I just find them a lot of fun to play. I think same is true there. Like the notes, like line up well, and it's just I don't know. They're very they're very satisfying. On top of that, Blinded by Light, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, Blind Blind Blinded by Light is a very popular song for a reason. It's one of the best battle themes in the entire game. I think any fast-paced song is also really fun to play on expert or ultimate difficulty. Basics a little too slow, but when you're playing these like frenetic battle themes and you're just like it's going ba 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 ba, and you're like pressing those, and you're also going ba 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 ba. It's like adrenaline. It's like just yep, an injection yep. right there. It feels so good to bang out these fast songs. That's an interesting point that I've never really considered. That most rhythm games tend to focus on, uh, well. The faster songs, higher energy songs. Whereas, obviously, this is uh, this is uh, a game that focuses entirely on a series that is known for its emotional soundtracks. So, what is it like to play a a really sad and tragic song in this? Is it fun or is it just is it weird? It's calming. Um, it's I, calming. Okay. I gravitate towards sad songs just as a person. Video game music, or you know music from bands or whatever. I, I tend to enjoy ambient. I tend to enjoy uh, music that is a little sadder. Um, anything on piano and minor I'm into. Um, these slower pace songs, they tend to be the, the field of music uh, scenes that you have to play in the game. They're less battle themes. I enjoy them thoroughly. They're just mellow. They're chill. And it's like, it's I'm not... Instead of like leaning forward in my chair, I'm leaning back. It's that sort of thing. Battle themes, I'm leaning forward. The chill music, I'm leaning back. And it feels good. It just depends on what scratch I need to itch. Interesting. Because I'm like picturing, I'm just having a lot of trouble uh, picturing having fun, like playing through, I don't know, Final Fantasy IV, Sorrow and Loss, like the super sad music that plays <laughs> whenever anyone dies in Final Fantasy IV. Like I'm just imagining playing a rhythm game while Tella is dying. That's a that's an excellent point. I don't think that song's in the game. Mike, do you do you know if that no, song's in the game? No, but the theme of love is. So it's not theme sad, but it's very mellow and chill. Yeah, okay. So it's they are they are being selective about the songs they put in. Still, yes, yeah. though Aerith's theme is there and you know, you can yeah. play the movie where she's, you know, <laughs> yeah. spoiler dying you know it's like you get to see all that and play along with it what yeah i know right <laughs> also Aerith's theme is categorized as battle music which is interesting i thought that was interesting too yeah well it's a fight not to cry yeah excellent point john oh nice well done <laughs> um okay well since we're talking about party members uh that was my second question for both of you uh what are your favorite party members in this game like you have to put together a four-person party who is in your party depends on the song i know but just like your general favorites general favorites i mean if if we're just trying to bang out these quests and i want to bring my power team i'm bringing kefka i'm bringing chaos i'm bringing mog i'm bringing yuna ultimicia sephiroth princess sarah wow one of these things is not like the other i'm just imagining <laughs> sephiroth kefka mog <laughs> it, i know it's like wow what is this team is but that's part of the cool thing is that you bring anyone you want you bring mog and kefka it's like what sorry i'm just now imagining like mog is the secret mastermind behind everything that happens in final fantasy 6 he really deserves uh, he, he deserves to be up there in the pantheon yep. of final fantasy antagonists mm -hmm. you know what uh, i'm sure there's a fan theory that would support that <laughs> it's not just squall is dead there's there's one where Mog is orchestrating the whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's purely based on function and ability. So like Mog and Princess Sarah, if the enemies are bringing status ailments, those characters have the best abilities to make sure your team is not stoned or blinded or whatever. But mm -hmm. Kefka and Chaos, they're bringing the muscle. They're bringing debuffs. They're bringing just sheer power. Um, and then, you know, Ultimecia and Zack and Cloud are also good it just depends on what you need what tool you need for the the boss if they're weak to ice or they're you know resistant to yeah. everything but i personally i think it's just cool to play as the villains i mean i remember mm -hmm. the first time i played super mario rpg on the snes i got to play bowser it just i get to play the bad guy that's so cool yeah you could bring you know, your goody goodies but i get to play kefka chaos ultimicia Sephiroth. I'm, I want to bring the bad boys. And Mike, how about you? Are you also a fan of the bad boys? I am not answering that on air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I bring the goody goodies. Um, I don't have like a, a core set of team members yet in this one. Like usually I gravitate towards, you know, Terra and Agrius and Ash. 
know. A lot of the, like, my favorite, like, female characters. And Mog. Um, and Mog. What I'm doing now, because I'm just, I'm, I have to be this way, is I usually bring characters based on the song. So if I'm playing six music, I bring my six characters. And I, I always have, like, a summon stone equipped that boosts experience. Because why would you level up, like, four to level 99 when you can slowly level up all 100 characters all simultaneously? So it's <laughs> taken me a while because I'm, of course, trying to level up every single character. Using eggs, Mike? Yep, I am using eggs. Oh my god, so this game really does trigger the uh, must-grind part of people's brains as well. Well, you don't have to. Like, there's not really any benefit to... It's not like um, one of those games where it's like, well, you get bonuses if you bring, like, the characters for the series. You get a small Rhythmia bonus. Oh, is there a... Okay, well, there you go. It's very small. You get, like, 50 Rhythmia for bringing characters in the series. Yeah, so, like, you don't have to. I just, like, thematically, that's just what I keep doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm... I have some characters in like the seventies, but a lot of them are around fifty still. But otherwise, if I can, if I can do a care a party of paladins, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. This is a cool thing. Like you were saying, there's no practical implication. Like you just bring whoever you want. If you don't want to do quests, you don't need to do quests. You just bring the characters that aesthetically are pleasing for that game. You want to bring six characters to a six song? You can do it. Play how you want to play. Yeah. Or you could just bring all thieves and just get like mountains and mountains of treasure chests. Oh my god, I cannot wait for the the collect a card grind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm, ta- I'm what I'm gathering from this because you know you can basically put anyone you want in your party. That this game doesn't really have a narrative like a lot of Final Fantasy spinoffs, uh, like I don't know, uh, Record Keeper or Shutter, all the bravest. Uh, like have like a paper thin story to justify all of these characters being together. This doesn't have it. In reality, you're just you're playing through the music, so you're playing through the narrative of the game through the music. But it, the game doesn't have a narrative itself. That's right. Yeah, and I think with the other ones, they try to like throw in like the dark crystal. You're trying to add rhythmia to the crystal, and then it turns dark or whatever. And like you said, it was paper thin. Um, mm. Here, I, I like what Mike said earlier. Is like you're. You're experiencing the story through the music because it starts off intuitively with the music you hear in the beginning and it goes all the way up to the final boss music. So that's about the storytelling. I actually like that there's no central conceit to the game because mm-hmm. it just makes it streamlined. It makes it about the experience, not the you don't need or you don't need an excuse. Right. There, there is one. There is one world that like, if you can make any kind of argument for it is one of the series you can unlock is theater rhythm itself. So it's mm-hmm. it's arrangements of other Final Fantasy games that have been in the other theater rhythms, plus new ones for this game. Theater rhythm inception. Yeah, and but every <laughs> every song in that in the theater rhythm series takes place like on a stage. Like there's the backgrounds and the you know the same monsters that you're used to fighting, but it's all on a stage. So like mm. I guess if you want to argue that there's some kind of plot to the game, it's like that all these characters are just putting on a production, um, and it is you know. When, if you want to see the credits of the game, it is finishing the theater rhythm world and actually, you know, beating chaos at the end. So, like, that's as far close as they get to any kind of plot. So you have to beat chaos. It's always about beating chaos. It is. There's so much chaos in this game. Like, so many of the harder quests are just beat chaos, beat feral chaos. Like, uh, I'm sick of fighting this guy. Yeah. You and Jack both. Uh, <laughs> I know it would have been a rights nightmare, but I, I tell you, if they had put that Sinatra song in here as a representation for Stranger of Paradise, I would have laughed so hard. That would have been very funny. They got eyes on me. That's exciting. That's true. I mean, I, I like the songs they got, but that just would have been so weird and hilarious. Okay, so what are some of the various uh, play modes of the game, Bob? Like, it's not like sometimes I, when I've seen screenshots, sometimes I've seen it like go across the screen. Uh, horizontally other times i've seen it come it looks a little bit more like guitar hero like what are the types of uh, gameplay that you face here right so i'm just going to keep it as simple as possible so it's easier to understand you got series quest which is what i've been describing and then you got you know your catalog of music where you can play any of the songs you've unlocked over the course of the game and then you've got multiplayer mode that's it those are the game modes there is an endless world you can play within series quest once you've beaten all the series and then it's just like endless quests that get harder and harder and harder and then you get some items and stuff for beating that but aside from that that's it this seems like a game that'd be really easy to enter into a really nice relaxing flow state with yo oh man it's so zen dude it's it's like i i had a multiplayer session where i played with three other people for like two two and a half hours and I didn't even realize two, two and a half hours passed. And we were just like repeatedly playing songs against each other. And it was just so chill. 
and we were just picking battle songs and the game randomly selects whose battle song gets played and you're just like sitting back just cranking out songs going doop 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 and then you know <laughs> before you know it it's 3 a.m <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah 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 it's a good time that is great um looking at the game and looking at the dlc and stuff i think my only criticism from what i've seen is that this could get pretty expensive, eh? Uh, yeah, it's the price of entry, I would say, is one of the downsides. That being said, I think Square Enix oh, is... God, I just went hardcore Canadian there. That's, <laughs> you do you, man. I just went... <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. I, yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. just realized, like, did I just say A? I never say A. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the price of entry, uh, this was an issue with the other theater rhythms, but... You kind of can't fault Square Enix because they're charging what people are willing to pay. And at the end of the day, it is a business. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't have to spend so much money. It's like, well, do you want to play the songs around? It's like, yeah, sorry, here's my credit card. And, you know, that that's the unfortunate reality of the situation is this is a great game. Is it worth $100 for the premium mode? Well, you know, you as an individual have to make that decision. I think what makes sense for a lot of people is you buy the core series and you're like, oh, man, I really want to play the Chrono Trigger music. Or I really mm-hmm. want to, you know, experience these other series outside of Final Fantasy. The game's designed well enough. Uh, here's 50 more dollars. And I'm anticipating, this is my prediction, I don't know if it's been stated anywhere, is... You know, we got, I think the time in this game is no accident. We got Final Fantasy 16. We got Final Fantasy Rebirth coming out. Those mm. games are going to release on this. I, it, Those are two DLC packs right they there. Would have Yo, to. Easy, easy. I mean, it's, this is not an accident that is coming out in 2023. So, mm. uh, and they did suggest that this is going to be the final game. They've been saying that. We all know that may not necessarily mean it's so. But yeah, uh, it's the final game in the same way that Windows 10 was the final version of Windows. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, but sure. You could just keep injecting DLC in this game for years. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it, it looks just like the ones that were on uh, 3DS, except, you know, it's on a variety of other systems. And it's just it, it seems like it's a really kind of kind of a little bit like Mario Kart in the sense that you can just keep releasing content and it's just going to keep making money because people are going to keep playing it? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I think would make them ever release in our theater rhythm is when console generation changes. Like, they might mm, re-release yeah. the game so you can port it to a future console. But, I, I mean, it is pretty all-encompassing. It's like, how they could technically release every single song in the series, but I, I don't know if they're actually going to do that. No, I, I think they're going to if they do any more DLC past like what they have now, which is like, it's just set for the next six months. There's like, there's more songs coming out. If you did the hundred dollar pack, like every two weeks for the next six months. Um, but I think they could just keep going into their other games. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the first one in the series where it does not actually have the, na- the name final fantasy in the title. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why, because so much of the DLC goes into their other games. And they easily could. I mean, they've released a Dragon Quest version of Theater Rhythm, but they, could oh. put, Dragon, they put Dragon Quest music in this. Uh, I think they're, they are doing some Chrono Trigger music, aren't they? But yes. I don't think it's been announced yet. No, it like, I don't think that the actual, oh, it has? Oh, okay. It must be the DLC. Chrono series. So there's going to be Chrono Cross probably. Yeah. You know, the series, both games. Yeah. <sighs> did, they, did they say series? Because I actually just thought of I think they said Chronos here. I don't know if they actually specifically said yeah. Chronos. Hold on, hold on. I actually have the the DLC confirmation email pinned. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's true. It just says Chrono Pack. We'll know in May and June when they come out. Yeah. Maybe that's the newest game. I mean, Chrono both Pack. games have stellar <laughs> music, so I'm not going to complain either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I guess my last question that is for both of you is, if you aren't a fan of rhythm games, but you are a fan of Final Fantasy, would you still recommend this title? Mike, you want to field this one? That's that's so that's a hard question to answer because I am a fan of rhythm games. I mean, what I would say is, you know, you there's a demo. Try the demo. Yeah, that's true. Ah, uh, um, yes, smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna go back to what I said before about the neuroscience of music and all that is like music is good for people. Music absolutely helps you in every respect and if you love this series and you want to more actively engage with the music you love go outside your comfort zone and start tapping that circle button and slapping the l1 mm-hmm. button and i think you will have more fun than you think you will well i guess another title that might be uh, a bit of a niche audience uh is what we're talking about next and again it's final fantasy it's unmistakably final fantasy um so 
I would say that one of if you go on YouTube, you can find basically any kind of subgenre of content. And, you know, sometimes they peak and they go down. Like some like one of my favorite subgenres is people who explore abandoned places. There's like there are so many people on YouTube who just love exploring abandoned abandoned places. Uh, and another one that has recently popped up in the last few years has been uh, power washing videos. Now, if you don't know, power washing, it's a, it's a machine that hooks up to the hose outside of your house and it blasts out the water at a remarkable speed and pressure. And the pressure of the water is then used to clear away dirt and just about anything else from surfaces. So it's really good for like cleaning driveways or like the siding of houses or basically anything that's dirty that you wouldn't want to get on your knees and scrub, a power washer can just wipe it away. So one of the least likely hits of the last few years in terms of video games has been Power Wash Simulator, uh, which is technically published by Square Enix. It kind of has the spirit of an indie game, and it is clearly not in our coverage. Or is it? Because on March 2nd, a piece of DLC dropped that no one expected, which was Final Fantasy VII Power Wash Simulator Midgar. Uh, cleaning, I guess. So in this DLC, you get to visit Midgar and you get to clean all the things, uh, which makes a lot of sense because Mako basically gets everywhere. Um, so Mike, you decided to uh, take up the take up the washing wand, and you actually wrote a short feature about the game. Uh, did you enjoy yourself here? I might have a problem. <laughs> yes, 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 I did. Uh, the the game in general was kind of on my radar because I just think it's fascinating and because, well, I'm I'm a neat freak and like organizing and cleaning and making things just so. So part of me was like, you know, when maybe when that's on sale, I'll check it out anyway. But then when when there was a reason to check it out for RPG fan, I figured, all right, well, I guess this is this is how I'm going to do and it. And who could ever have guessed that there would be a reason to check out Power Wash Simulator for RPG fan? No, I hadn't. I mean, they had like a a little Tomb Raider DLC. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously they'll branch out, but I just, it never crossed my mind that they would branch out into Final Fantasy. So yes. And obviously branch out into the dirtiest of all Final Fantasies yeah. or the grungiest of all Final <laughs> Fantasies. Well, the game looks, uh, and we were talking about how Zen uh, theater rhythm is. This game looks also very Zen. It's just like clean stuff, right? Basically. I mean, there's no music. I think the idea is, it's more, kind of like an ASMR, like it's just like the mm. dirt being washed away and like the sound of the water flowing. So that's why there is generally no. There's music. no music. I nope. feel like I feel like when you finish cleaning something, you should get that do 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 do. <laughs> I've done one stage in the main game so far with music, and it's only you're cleaning a carnival carousel, and it's when the carousel is on, it's playing carnival music. So hilariously, that's the only song I've heard in the game is annoying carnival music. So they are not spe they are not wasting the budget on uh, music licenses here. No, and I I'm sure that was very intentional, so it works. Um yeah, so when I when I wrote the feature, I had only played the Midgar stuff. I hadn't even touched the main game outside of like the very first mission just to see what it's like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that what they did with the DLC actually was sort of in the spirit of the main game because the main game actually has sort of a there's like a little bit of narrative for each mission job you go on there's an actual storyline here there is sort of there's like people who hire you it's like hey you know can you clean my house like hey we just bought this house and we think it's haunted so it's all dirty so come and clean it what kind of low rent ghostbusters <laughs> style we think our house is haunted come in here yeah it's it's very strange um but i'm very entertained by it i mean and and what they did with the Final Fantasy VII thing actually turns out is also what they did in the main game, where for some reason, everyone who hires you trusts you with all of their secrets. Like, I just cleaned some jet for some guy who has, like, has like weird, like, lasers and stuff mounted to it. And he's like, yeah, you know, there's some weird stuff here. So just, you know, I trust your discretion. And then, like, as you're cleaning, he's like, actually, I'll just tell you about it. It's like, I trust you. I'm like, who? How do you know me? Like, who is my character that everyone trusts me with these big secrets? Well, throughout history, to be fair, the one true neutral party has always been the power washer. That's, I mean, apparently. But, and so, like, <laughs> years, like, oh, years, hundreds of years ago, the French and the English, they both trusted the power washer. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess that's the precedent for it. I remember learning that in school. Uh -huh. Absolutely. How do you think history is recorded? It's told through power <laughs> washer. Through the eyes of the power washer. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that—that's one of the first things I I thought about 
when playing the Final Fantasy VII stuff is like your your first person who hires you is Reeve. He asks you to come into the Shinra building and they have this exhibit set up of all their different vehicles and they have all these like cars in there, but you're there to specifically clean the little pickup truck and the motorcycle, the same two that are in the game that Cloud and company steals. Um, and all the jobs and stuff you go on are basically like running in tandem with the story of Final Fantasy VII. So it's like, yeah, we want to clean these up because, you know, we want people to come in and see him and and Reeve is just talking to you about these. Like he tells you a little bit about like the truck and like, you know, it's like this workhorse and it, like telling you about the vehicles, like this backstory and like vaguely alluding to the fact that, you know, you know, something that might happen later, you know, when the, this is because obviously this is before that they get stolen from the building. That's so cool. And Reeve gets involved. I always wanted to hear more from Reeve. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, I love that. That alone makes me want to purchase this. I don't know if they consider any of this canon. I'm sure there isn't. Although I'd like it to be now. I'd like. Yeah, I'd like the idea of like I clean these up so Cloud can come in and, and ride this bike later. Um, so like you you go from that you do that and then and then um, Heidegger wants you to clean the scorpion because like of course if you're going to do seven you're going to have some kind of scorpion or the guard scorpion and it's gigantic. I don't know how long it took me to clean that thing. So like when you get the vehicles, it's it's very straightforward. Like if you hadn't played the game at all, it's a good introduction because you just walk around, you change your nozzles, you clean, you know, find the different nooks and crannies to clean off. And then you get to the scorpion and it's like you learn, well, now there's ladders and scaffolding that you can pick up and move around because like you need to climb up on this thing and to be able to get the top and the back and you have to crawl underneath it. So that, this poses the question. When you're playing through Final Fantasy VII and you destroy that scorpion, are you going to feel a little bit guilty knowing that someone put a lot of time and effort into cleaning that thing? Yeah, actually, I really am. <laughs> I agree. It raises a lot of questions about just like the 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 workers of Midgar, the ones in the background who are doing the jobs to keep everything nice and shiny. Well, plus, like as you're cleaning it, he's telling you it's like you know, hey, like I can't send this out in the field. Like, actually, back up a little bit. Like the reason you're cleaning it is because he they were like trialing it out they were like doing like you know exercises with his machinery and like hojo's like weird like biological creations and the reason it's dirty is because it's covered in like guck and whatever else so he's like he's sitting there like complaining about hojo it's like oh yeah he does all this stuff it's like he ruined my scorpion like we got to clean it off now like i'll show him like the real you know these, this is the right way of fighting is with machines not with those things he makes so like it's mm -hmm. just again it's this weird like you know bickering with some of the villains of seven um and again they are totally fine telling you because you're just this neutral power washer they, they go on or is it just like a little side thing and like it's oh. like one percent of the game they are 99 percent your power washing so the dialogue comes up at like certain points of cleaning so every 20 percent you're through any any job in the game actually there's a bit more dialogue like three or four like it's not an on a constant thing it's just at certain milestones in cleaning you get like another like series of messages that's so cool i'm so hyped for this actually that alone is making me want to play this man it's so cool i just think it's so funny getting this like you know non-canon but weird and interesting like insight into it true i also think that they could really they could go into some dark places with that too like later you get a message from shinra being like okay we have a really big job for you did you hear about what happened at sector seven Oh god! <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah. The, Ooh. Mm. the entire thing is you just have to clean up the collapsed plate. Yep. This is the big job. That's the final boss of Power Wash Simulator. Thankfully, it doesn't go there. But yeah, I mean, like <laughs> you're cleaning this up, and he's like, Heidegger has no problem telling you it's like, oh yeah, like I need this clean so I can like you know try to like kill these avalanche people with it. And you're like, again, I'm not going to. That's not like the story is the main point of this. But you're like, you're cleaning. You're like, you know, if I didn't clean this then they wouldn't send it out against cloud. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And like, as you're having the thought of maybe I shouldn't do this, Tifa sends you a message and says, Hey, uh, my bar is dirty. I like that. I maybe, maybe it wasn't just a message. Maybe you were just networking and they're like, ah, oh, I got to kill the out these avalanche people. And you're like avalanche. Hey, eh? I bet they have some dirt. Do you mind giving me their number? I'm just going to go through all, cause there's only five stages and like every, yeah, everyone sure. knows what they are now. Um, although we can only talk about, I was only able to talk about three in my preview, but now that it's out, I can talk about all of them. So yeah, like then you cut over to Seventh Heaven and Tifa gives you some story, which is obviously a lie. Like 
I like Tifa, but she's totally lying to you because she's like, oh, yeah, like there was like a, a gathering or an event or a party or something like that. And things just got out of hand. And you walk in there, it's like literally every surface, even the neon signs are so caked with dirt that you can't see them. And I'm like, Tifa, something else happened here. Like this wasn't some party that got out of hand. But okay, I'll still take care of you. So she doesn't trust you, but Shinra does. Well, it, I think she just wants to doubt. Maybe she's embarrassed because she does trust you. Mm. Because like halfway through the job, she's like, anyway, yeah, I work for this group called Avalanche. And she doesn't mind telling you that. <laughs> Avalanche? Where have I heard that before? <laughs> as, you're, as you're cleaning the bar, because, you know, the way the game is, like you can, there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of objects to clean, right? So everything you clean like it it highlights and makes a little satisfying like ding sound it's kind of like theater rhythm where you get that like audi audible yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh, i can't think of the word feedback yeah yeah so like as you're cleaning so everything has a name because when you get real when you get mostly done and you're trying to find like what are the last three little corners i didn't find like you can bring up your menu and it'll show you it shows you a full list of every object in the scene um so they have to name everything so like as you're pointing at it, you see the names of everything. So I thought it was in this case especially it's funny because you're cleaning you're like, okay, you clean the pinball machine, you do this, and like you point your your thing at the wall and at the floor, it's like elevator platform, like, oh that secret elevator? It's like, yes, it's there. You need to clean that too. Tifa's just like, make sure you clean the secret elevator. Yes. We don't want to miss the secret elevator. She doesn't talk about it, but it's there. Can you go down into the hideout? Well, no, you can't. Um Oh man, because that's that's the one of the very few things that bummed me out about remake is you, you didn't get to go down the hideout the way you could in the original game. Yeah, it's like I really wanted to go down there. <laughs> I mean, Cloud did leave his sword leaning against the bar, and you do actually have to clean the Buster sword. He left Angel's sword. He just left the sword there, and Tifa's oh. like, mm -hmm. you know, Cloud would really like it if you cleaned his sword for him. And I'm like, um, all right. To be fun, there's a, to be fair, there's also a gun arm there. <laughs> That you need to clean. Yes. I, I saw some screenshots, yep. and it's just like, well, I mean, Cloud leaves his sword, but that's his entire hand that he's just moving <laughs> around. Right. Hey, he changes that thing out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, Cloud probably got a different sword. He's like, eh, I'll put this here for now. Don't want to throw it out. This one only has two slots for material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway, the other the other, two, the other places? The other two stages, just really quick, are like uh, a model of Midgar itself, which is very detailed and has a lot of corners so that one took a while to clean and then the last one is cleaning the air buster which again you're you're cleaning and being told like that it's going to be deployed against these people and you're like again maybe i should just not do this job but you don't even tell tifa you you are actually to be trusted because you didn't spill the beans you didn't tell oh, this we, we we figured this out one neutral party of history and final fantasy is the power washer <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the most honorable profession by sheer secrecy yep it's it's the only ones that anyone can trust in these games to be truly neutral are naming ways and power washers <laughs> um Okay, well, how does the game look? Like, does it look true to the Final Fantasy VII remake? Because I remember when looking at the original screenshots of Power Wash Simulator, I wasn't blown away, shall we say. But when I look at the screens of this, I think this actually looks pretty good. It does. I mean, you know, the thing is with the game in general, like, it's not, I guess I wouldn't say it's the most impressive looking game. Like, it doesn't try to look, it it's not going for realism. It's like a sort of cartoony realism. Hmm. Um, but I think what works about the visuals is not how detailed they are exactly but how how accurate they are like for lack of a better way of phrasing it like how good the dirt looks like mm. the the all the surfaces have the textures they should like the the wood and the metal like it's all like it's shiny it's metallic and all that so like there's a very very clear difference like when you clean something like you could tell it's like oh well that's what it looks like like the scenes are completely different when you're done so like whether in a still shot it looks very impressive or whatever i don't know but i think for me what's important is the visuals are effective so like when okay. you clean off a light it's like well the light is actually on under the dirt you don't realize that so like now it's lit up and now all the metal surfaces are shiny and yeah i i do think though you're probably right that i think some of the stuff you clean for the final fantasy 7 like maybe is a little more impressive but hmm. maybe it's also because you're cleaning like big very detailed like robots versus um someone's bicycle um so <laughs> maybe that is plays into it too did you keep playing after you finished the final fantasy content here did you like check out what else was there um look 
<laughs> I I think I'm at 36 hours right now. Uh, I have no idea how long the game is, although looking at the little like meter on my career mode, I'm apparently not even three quarters of the way through. So <sighs> that's a lot of power washing. It is a lot of power washing. It's it's weirdly calming. And again, the 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 dialogue and the different things you do, like I mentioned the carousel earlier, you, like you're cleaning this carousel for some lady who's like she she bought this like old carousel is all beat up and she's like well i want i want to like make this like attractive and like i want to like get people to come to my attraction because like you know what's his name harold kevin kevin over there has this slide like you know i don't like kevin like no people shouldn't go on that slide they should go on mine so there's like, this weird little rivalry and then like and then like three three missions later three missions later kevin contacts you and he's like all right can you clean my thing now because now everyone's going to her, her ride, and I want them to come onto mine. See, one neutral party of history. I know it's the same thing. <laughs> Everyone trusts the power washer. He is the he he's the one who can keep all the secrets. It's funny that he contacts you too, because when you're cleaning the carousel, she doesn't want him to know about you. So she's like, make sure that you come in in an unmarked van, and you, your van is actually ev in every stage, and it it just says like power wash services or some generic name. Um, but in that stage, your character, I guess, like put a bunch of cardboard over it. So he, you actually did show up in an unmarked van. So there's just like these weird little touches and bits of dialogue and the way the stories play together. It's like it's strangely compelling to me. For some reason, I'm picturing the power washer just like behind the mask and everything just being like Agent 47 in Hitman. <laughs> just like the most professional, uh -huh. just clean, just like here for the job. Yep. And constantly making like power washing puns. Uh, actually, considering oh no, they sold it, didn't? Square Enix used to have uh, Hitman. Used to have mm -hmm. uh, Hitman. That was recent. They got rid of mm -hmm. that, I think. Yeah. Although that's a shame because I would love to see a Hitman level of just like the post Hitman. Just the place is covered in blood after Agent Forty Seven goes in. You keep going to dark places, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Agent Forty Seven <laughs> like takes out an entire building, and they're like, "All right, call in the power washer." <laughs> the darkest I've gotten so far is having to clean the mayor's house because it was egged and graffitied. So you have to clean that. And there is there is some kind of like through line story of like the mayor's cat has been missing. Like most of the people you hire are talking about that. Like that's the big thing going on in the town is the mayoral cat is missing. And it might have been seen up by the volcano, but it, it wasn't there. So I don't know where that's going, but it's strange. And I need to know. But yeah, like I've cleaned eggs off the mayor's house and a monk temple that apparently like some tornado or something covered it in like um, cow waste from a farm. So, you know, mm. it doesn't look any different from all the other dirt, but that's apparently what happened. I feel like we should put a disclaimer in here for our audience. Just no matter how dirty it gets, do not attempt to power wash a cat. No, well, I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. the cat yet. I don't think I, my character is the reason the cat went missing, but maybe that's the, <laughs> now that would be a maybe twist. That's the big twist. I have to admit, I I, I want to play this game um, because, like I said, I did get a little bit sucked into the Zen-like power washer uh, YouTuber. So I think it would be fun to play with it. Bob, how about you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just Mike's description of the Midgar content alone, and I think I'd probably follow, end up following the same trajectory. Is you know, okay, I played all the Midgar content, but I kind of like this game, so I'll probably Go figure out what's going on with the mayor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the Croft Mansion. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, well, that'd be cool, too. The what? Actually, there's a... I thought it was just the Croft Mansion, but that's actually, like, at least five stages, too. Like, you clean the mansion and then her obstacle course and some vehicles. And right now I'm cleaning the hedge maze, which is a big job. Wait, how do you clean a hedge maze? Well, not the he not the hedges themselves, but everything in them. So, like, the fountains the, the and the benches and the trellises. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Be an amazing, yeah. be an amazing, <laughs> amazing joke if you had to clean, if you had to power wash the freezer. <laughs> You're just locked in there. Actually, um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that actually is part of the dialogue in the first level of the Tomb Raider stuff where you're talking to the butler because Laura, you know, Laura Croft is away. So the butler hires you to clean the mansion and he's like, okay, well, I, I'm a little busy right now. Like I'm like locked in somewhere because these are just the kind of things that, you know, the lady has me do, like puts me through these uh, experiences. So I'm not gonna, you're not going to hear from me for a little while. Uh, I love that canonically Laura Croft just acts like a 13 year old <laughs> monster who locks characters in freezers. Yep. 
So, and you know, one thing, the last little thing is like one other thing about playing the main game, like in, in the special content, you get like max everything. Like you get the most mm -hmm. powerful washer and all that, but like playing through the main game, the career mode, like you earn money and you actually have to like buy your gear. So like there is like this sense of progression and upgrades, like as you're going, like you're getting more powerful washers and different nozzles and stuff like that. So that that's also been kind of cool. Because I didn't get that from the DLC, but like, no, there is like a thing where you're getting stronger, like an RPG. That's actually pretty cool, yeah. Um, well, I have a question for both of you before we go off. It's our discussion question today, and it's a bit of a stupid one because I just want to talk more about Power Wash Simulator. Um, this doesn't need to be restricted to Square Enix, but it can be if you want. What RPG-themed DLC would you like to see in Power Wash, Sim uh, Power Wash Simulator in the future? You want to go first, Bob? Sure. Uh, yeah. As soon as you fielded this question um, at the start of the podcast, uh, John, I, I had what I think is a fantastic answer. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. <laughs> oh, yeah. That castle would be a pleasure to watch. The whole thing. Oh, please, please, please. This dingy old castle that Dracula used to live in or lives in. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all for that. Constantly getting text messages from Dracula. <laughs> complaining about the castle or death even be sure to get the wine stains out of the carpet there are many of them yeah 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 thanks Jack. Like making my job real easy oh yeah i mean just the way the dialogue and the humor works like that that would be exactly what they did too uh -huh. there's constantly just shattered glass with wine stains everywhere in the castle dracula would be messaging you and then like halfway through the stage you'd get something from alucard is like oh, is my dad bothering you again <laughs> that's a good bit yeah i like that. and maybe that would be how you get to the next stage <laughs> now do the same thing but upside down yes <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the final stage the final stage is just the first stage but upside yeah. down that'd be amazing oh well that's a good one um my initial thought when you told us this earlier was i was just gonna stick with final fantasy and stick with 14 because there's a million different possible scenarios like any kind of setting you could imagine and it could just be robots again there's plenty of those in 14. um mm -hmm. but i thought better of it and still sticking with square and rpg i would go with uh near automata because boy there are some dir dirty places in that game and i would like to clean them no it's okay um i don't think that's a better answer than castlevania uh, I need to play Nier. I, I, people keep talking I about Nier. I need to play it. <laughs> I do too. I really do. I have it. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, it, it took me like four years to do it. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing. So I, I definitely recommend it. Mm. I've only played the second one. But yeah. It's kind of like me with CrossCode. Waited four years to play that game. And I finally played it. I'm like, this is a 10. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, wait. one of the It's greats. amazing. It was also <laughs> a... Uh, it was also a... Uh, insurmountable obstacle for me i got writer's block when i had to write uh that review and it was it killed me it almost killed me to write that review it was like i've never written anything before that was every sentence was just pain to get it out well you want to do uh, it and justice. i loved the game yeah you, i love the like, game but oh my god write something so like this is not good enough <laughs> <laughs> i felt that way with elden ring when I reviewed Elden Ring, I'm like, man, how am I supposed to write about this? This is like perfection. Yeah, but I mean, my problem was literally, I think the first sentence I wrote was like, CrossCode is a game. Oh, oh <laughs> no. boy. Oh, it was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> you play it with a controller. It's on a screen. Um, I think my favorite, I don't know, I was thinking about DLC, uh, RPG-themed DLC for Power Wash Simulator, and honestly, the first thing that pop popped into my mind was Power Washing Lavos. <laughs> Wow. Just like okay. a, All right. Yeah. It's That's just, funny. I like it's just, that because it's just a shell, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just 1999 and they're like, we have to pacify him somehow. And you're just power washing him. Um, yeah. And I mean, you, could, you could also, wide. yeah, you could also do 2300. Like if 2300 is filthy, cleaning one of the domes, finding like clean, power washing robo. Yeah. Oh, dude, power washing robo. That'd, that'd, that'd be, be such a pleasure. Oh, yeah, and I, I do actually, I do actually have a deal, uh, a DLC that is not RPG themed, but we kind of alluded to it earlier where we were joking about it. It would be amazing to power wash the Ghostbusters firehouse. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's and just like power washing Ecto One, and they go yeah. downstairs to the Ecto containment unit. If it makes you feel any better, there you actually do have to power wash the firehouse in the main game, and then later a fire truck, and then later a fire helicopter. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Well. 
that is the end of this episode with that. Uh, and I think that those are, I think those are some excellent ideas that they should absolutely work into future Power Wash Simulator DLC. Um, and we could support them by buying it. And if you want to support us, you can buy our stuff uh, because we have opened up a store. So, Mike, uh, what kind of things are we selling right now in the store at www.rpgfan.com shop? Uh, well, we're selling the same kind of things as we have for a while now. So we have T-shirts and mugs and onesies. I always have to bring up the onesies because I really thought it was sort of a joke when I put it in there. But then people were buying them. So I'm, I bought a onesie. See? So I'm glad I did it. Um, and there's phone cases and notebooks. Like what people seem to buy the most, of course, is the, the clothing. Like we sell mugs, shirts, yeah. and hoodies, I think, more than anything. Um, what is fairly new as of a few weeks ago is that we have some 25th anniversary merchandise in there now, too. So we have a special logo that we're just running for this year. So we're only going to sell those products for this year. Um, same categories of things, but they're different designs and different colors. So, um, And we have more more anniversary things coming later this year as well. Some other designs coming up. Awesome. So yeah, if you want to support us that way, you can do so by visiting rpgfan.com slash shop. Uh, if you want to support us here at Random Encounter, you can do so by checking out some of our past episodes. We have an awful lot of them. And uh, so yeah, get, take a look back. If you have a favorite game that came out in the last few years, check it out. I know there's a few episodes about CrossCode in there if you're curious. Um, we also have two other podcasts on the site, including Retro Encounter. Last week was RPG Fan Had a Farm, focusing on farm sims. And uh, Mike, you hosted it, so tell us about it. We talked about farm sims. Um, we talked about a lot of farm sims. Like, I really thought it was going to be like some Harvest Moon and some Rune Factory and a lot of Stardew. But we, we ended up touching on many, many games. Uh, so it, it was fun. We talked about how we got into the the genre what we like now and what kind of things we'd like to see in the future so if you're into those games like we are uh, i'd recommend that episode cool uh we also have rhythm encounter which is rpg fans music podcast mike you usually you usually host this but i actually hosted the last episode and uh it was on uh like a dragon yakuza music and it's like oh damn it camarocho would be great dlc for power oh yes oh right yeah yeah that would be that would be awesome. Really clean up that town. Someone's got to clean those streets up. Yeah, got to clean clean up that town. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we did. Uh, it was we called the episode "Like a Dragon Rhythm," and uh, we focus on you know a lot of different eras of uh, of uh, Yakuza, and we have some karaoke music in there, and we have all kinds of stuff. It was a really really fun episode. So give that a listen. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire us off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you if you have any ideas for discussion questions or future episode themes or games you'd like us to cover. Uh, please fire me off a message. If you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com or you can find me on Mastodon at Logan at mastodon.social. Uh, I'm not the only person on here with a social media presence. Bob, where can we find you online? Uh, you can email me at bob at rpgfan.com. Cool. And Mike, where can we find you online? Bob and I really like our super simple emails, huh? Uh, so ah. mine is mike <laughs> at rpgfan.com. Cool. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends to help us get the word out there. You can rate us on iTunes or your other podcast player of choice. And you could also write us a review. We would love if you reviewed us. Um, so... I would like to thank both Bob and Mike for joining me today and talking about some Final Fantasy that has nothing to do with RPGs, or at least that is peripherally uh, connected to RPGs. Thank you for asking uh, me to come on. It was an absolute pleasure talking to both of you. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And I would like to thank everyone listening for joining us today. And uh, hey, to everyone out there, whatever you're playing, have fun.